well, well. Good morning. Good morning. Is that how, is that a, the proper way to talk for this episode, do you think? Was that a good I Australian mean, accent? Good morning. Oh, you were doing an Australian accent? <laughs> you didn't catch that? No, I didn't catch that at all. We're not good at accents. No, That's we're not definitely something. not. Yeah, we thrive with. Um, but Keep thank here. you for, yeah, thank you for for trying. Um, Lauren, you just tipped everyone off about today's episode. What are we doing? Uh, we are diving into the journey, the deep water of the love between one Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. Chandler, I think it was important that we decided to maybe take a break from Montecito, take a moment away from Meghan Markle's Rose Garden with Prince Harry, my love on the beach, running across the sand, like yeah. a person from California who'd never seen the ocean before. Um, I think everyone's cup is filled. Their love tank is filled with all things Harry and Meghan. And so it's time to fill another cup. And that is Keith and Nicole. Yes, it is true. You know, they are not a celebrity couple that I have spent loads of time, you know, thinking about or researching, but I will tell you one thing up until this point, I guess I'll say. I will tell you one thing though. I know as a viewer, you know, as an audience member in this journey of life, Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman, their love is real. And that my testimony of that has only been strengthened by the research I've done. Absolutely. I think that if there's any couple, you know, in the celebrity sphere that we can hang our hat on, that we can not stop believing, right? Don't stop, never stop believing, ladies. Don't stop believing in the great words of Journey. Um, it is, it is a Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Yep. It is a Rita Wilson and a Tom Hanks. And yep. it is a Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. Chandler, I just believe in their love and I'm so excited to discuss it here with you today. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's just get into it because there's quite a bit that I don't think you know about them. They contain multitudes and while their love is is real and deep, it hasn't always been smooth sailing. Um because oh, interesting. Of, and I and I'll say that I don't want to give too much away, but you know, one thing has remained true and that is their commitment to each other. But they're, you know, they've hit choppy waters for, mm. you know, a multitude of reasons. So, anyways. Let's begin with Keith. Keith was born Keith Lionel Urban, or Bon, it looks like. There was an extra H in there, and he, he changed it to Urban. Um, he was born October 26th in New Zealand, and then when he was two, he moved to Australia. Okay. So Keith expressed an interest in music from a very young age, and he began playing the ukulele at four and the guitar at six. Okay. Um, and, you know, somewhat of a prodigy, he dropped out of high school at 15 to focus on music. He was considered a guitar prodigy and was already making a name for himself in Australia by that time. Mm. Interesting. Okay, so, you know, one of the things about Keith Urban that I think is interesting is that he's really a very serious musician. He's not one of these pop stars that's kind of a figurehead. Mm -mm. Even maybe like a don't come at me McGraw heads, but even like a Tim McGraw, who I think is kind of more of like a hacky singer. He's probably oh like, gosh, probably dare you? you're tearing okay. down the walls that, that we built together. I just, Tim McGraw, he will say this about himself. He's not one of those. He's, he was not born with like a incredible soaring voice. He more had like a very distinctive voice. And anyway, he's more of a persona, I would say all around, or as I would say, Keith Urban is like, 
an extremely good guitarist, like a guitarist that is like very technically proficient. Like I bet you during a lot of Tim McGraw concerts or other concerts for other artists, their guitar isn't even on. It's not even plugged into anything. But Keith Urban, that is not him. I just wish you would have chosen another musician to pick on, but um, here we are. Um, yeah, I, I hear you. Keith Herman's also not acting in, you know, my friend Flicka and films <laughs> exactly. like that. Like, exactly. Like exactly. Tim McGraw is taking like the blind side and like other jobs like all the time in addition to being like a musician. So right. Anyways, right. Yeah. And thank God he did because I love having as much Tim McGraw content as possible. Absolutely. Um, but back to Keith. We're not talking about Tim today. Um, his professional music career began in 1991. Um, when he released his debut album in Australia, it was successful. He had four songs that were charting. Um, and then he moved to the U S a year later. Okay. You know, so he, you know, just moved right on over to the U S because he wanted to, you know, pursue music. And between the years of 1992 and 2002, so his first 10 years in America, he was playing guitar for Alan Jackson, another you know Mm. serious country musician. We love the Dixie chicks, uh, Brooks and Dunn, and he didn't have, though, his big break until 2002. So it was like 10 years of kind of toiling, maybe toiling is the wrong word, but, you know, playing, you know, for other big musicians before he Yeah, became, working you know, away in obscurity, yeah. paying his dues on those Nashville streets, Chandler, in those little dive bars. Right, right, exactly. Um, How romantic. Super romantic. I want to play the song that, you know, first set him on the scene. You ready? Okay, let's listen. The thing about this man is that you believe the words he is crooning, okay? Mm-hmm. I I want to I just want to shine a light on something. You know, if we turn back the wheels of time, Keith Urban was not always the slightly effeminate, overly botoxed country crooner okay, he is today. Okay, watch your words. Watch your words, <laughs> all right? Keith Urban used to be extremely hot. This is something I've been saying for years. Um, circa 2005, Keith Urban. And hearing these, this I tune talk coming out that. of his mouth, I just, I don't know. I, As a newly married woman, I have conflicted feelings um about how, well, what i should you. be about what i'm feeling what i should shouldn't be feeling and, yeah absolutely you should you need to work through those um you know with a trusted professional i actually disagree with you i do not think young keith urban was very hot really oh really you yeah really i know okay. i know i know for for, I, for once uh, i don't want to be rude but he doesn't do it for me young keith urban doesn't do it for me unfortunately mm. 
I don't love a man with a large swoopy side bang. And that's just me. You know, that's just a, a preference, you know, according to Chandler. And I, you know, I do believe him to be an incredibly romantic and tender man. I just don't see the raw sex appeal as much as, you know, others do, you do, and, you know, obviously Nikki, Nicole. No, I will say this. I'm with you there. I'm not a fan of a man with a side swoop. There can only be one Jessica Rabbit per relationship. <laughs> um, and I take that. Uh, I will also say this, Chandler. There's something unsettling to be t- to me about a man who has PC highlights. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I said what I said. Right. And maybe I don't think that we both need to be getting foils in our hair every three months. Am I? Mm-hmm. Am I? Is this a traditional? Maybe conservative viewpoint on how men it should is look. absolutely yeah is the kettle black it is it is black as night i absolutely couldn't agree more you know honestly it might also just be kind of fiscally irresponsible for both people to be getting <laughs> partials you know every six to eight weeks like let's just let's rein it in let's rein in I, the finances it is 2023 there is a potential recession coming you couldn't be more accurate but let's get yeah. back to geek okay and nicole back to you know his his true talents you know not just on the surface his looks. Um, it's well known that in the Nashville music community, Keith has an amazing reputation of being extremely kind and generous. Um, you know, someone's right. So they have a friend who is a songwriter and they hear a lot about who is nice and who is not nice. And they hear nothing but good things about Keith. And I think this is absolutely believable. I'm, I'm buying this completely. I think that Keith Urban has such a effervescent energy He's so bubbly and he's always like on Instagram being like, hi, Denver, Keith here. I'll be playing tonight. <laughs> so excited to see you. Come on down. He has this like all his snake tattoos all over his arms. And he has that, you know, <laughs> forehead that hasn't had a line in it in 20 years. And anyway, yeah, all, all I would say is I believe this. This guy has a bubblegum pink personality. <laughs> I love Keith that. Here. Keith here. Hi, Denver. Um <laughs> This is a side note. I was watching an interview about Nicole, obviously, and it was kind of old. I think it was like 10 years ago, 60 Minutes, um, Australian 60 Minutes too, I think. And and they say, Nicole admits to having tried Botox, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, also just like this salacious, like she admits to having tried Botox. Like it's like, you know, black tar heroin or something. Like she admits she's tried it, but not anymore. It's and also like- it's just not believable at all. It's like Nicole Kidman, who has been mistaken for a actual porcelain mask yes. instead of a human being, has admits to having had a needle near her face at some point. <laughs> it's like, really, really? I mean, well, I think, Nicole, I don't know. I haven't really looked at any recent photos or videos, but Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban, this is a couple that is not afraid of the med spa, okay? No, no. And I, I frankly love that. This is a couple who loves a, a romantic jaunt to the med spa together. Right, That's to all get, I'm going to say. To get until a few I say units. Else in a few minutes. Um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. The med spa is, you know, where they they go on, you know, a classic date night. But let's learn a little bit about Nicole, young Nicole. Okay. Okay. Let's learn. Nicole, um, Nicole Mary Kidman was born June 20th, 1967 in Honolulu, of all places, um, while her Australian parents were there on student visas. They returned Mm. to Australia when she was three. Um, Nicole was very shy as a child. She even had a stutter. She talks about in one of her 60 Minutes interviews being shy and how, you know, to this day, the idea of calling somebody on the phone who she's never met before, who she doesn't know, is like the worst thing ever and is excruciating to her. No, this is called, Nicole, this is called 
being a person in 2023, people don't call on each other anymore. They text. Okay. Well, if you're calling me, it's an emergency. Someone's on fire. People text. I, I, I'm wondering if she, this is really just a childhood Lauren, phobia or what? It's funny you, you say that because Nicole and Keith do not text each other. Stop. They don't really believe in, you know, the, there's no intimacy in texting and they want to oh hear each gosh. other's voices. So they, they don't text. They've like made it a principle where they don't really text each other. They just call on the phone and hear each other's voices. In their really like in their whole relation. Like this is, this is like, there's a never been principle. one, there's never been one text message between those two cellular numbers. So what if you're at the grocery store and you're like, do we actually need, you know, more yogurt? You have to call for like a sultry moment of intimacy. You need to you- hear your partner's voice tell you that, you know, yes, indeed, you do need more yogurt and that they they miss you and hurry home. Keith here. Get the non-fat, Nicole. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, people are so over my accent. Let's move on. Okay. So Nicole began acting as a teenager and attended uh, the Phillips Street Theater alongside Naomi Watts. She was successful in the theater and it encouraged her to drop out of school and pursue acting full-time, which she did at 16. So both Keith and Nicole, you know, began pursuing, you know, adult career endeavors. That sounds like porn stars. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Began pursuing their, you know, careers in the arts, Mm -hmm. you know, at early ages. She had her film debut at 16 in a film called Bush Christmas, which is an American or sorry, an Australian Christmas classic. And then she had a Bush Christmas could also be an adult film of sorts. Let's move on. (laughs) Um, So that was was very funny. I'm disgusting. She she acted in a few Australian movies before having her international debut in Days of Thunder, co-starring Tom Cruise. Okay, so are we going to talk at all about the romance, marriage, the procreation of Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman? Or are we blowing past that? I think it's important to set the scene with some context about her marriage to Tom Cruise, which I think we both know about. Oh, we do. We do. So, you know, she met him in Days of Thunder. And as everyone knows, you know, they were married. And also, just so you know, Nicole was also engaged to Lenny Kravitz. What happened with Lenny Kravitz? Do we know? We don't have any further intel on what happened with our Lenny Kravitz. I just think it's interesting that she was with Lenny Kravitz and Tom Cruise, which to me seemed like very different men. Very disparate males. Absolutely. That's correct. Um, But let's let's talk about her and Tom Cruise and, you know, the marriage they have, the two children they had um, and, you know, why she ultimately left him. Yeah, Isabel and Connor. So I think what was sad about that, if, you know, if memory serves... Don't hold me to this, everyone, but I'm 99% sure that Nicole Kidman, in the divorce, Tom Cruise retained custody of their two children, Isabel and Connor. And she, to this day, Nicole Kidman is estranged from those two children because so, they are still in the clutches of Scientology. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's quite as estranged as maybe we thought it was originally because she talks about in the 60 Minutes interview that you know those two children have met her two daughters with Keith. Okay. Like they had just met the new baby. So I don't know that there's like no contact, but I okay. do think they, so her and Tom are married for, you know, 11 years, which is a very long time. And very so sad. then they went on to adopt those two children. And like you said, I think that it's very interesting when, you know, the two children who were probably very young at the time decided mm-hmm. not to live with their mom and okay. to also live with Tom and, you know, And I think what we've kind of read about as we've dived more into Scientology is that, you know, I don't think 
Nicole Kidman was looked on favorably by the Scientologist church. By Scientologist. So, so I have a few quotes. Okay. So I look this up. So, so the central issue in Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise's marriage was Scientology. Mm-hmm. And when they got divorced, Scientologists labeled Nicole Kidman a suppressive yep. person. Right. And they did completely brainwash the children against Nicole Kidman, mm-hmm. so much so that even just a couple years ago, Isabel wrote an open letter about Scientology, like basically praising it, saying it was like exactly what she needed. Um, but in when they were six and eight, respectively, when the separation had, they labeled their mom as a suppressive person, said they hated seeing her. I mean, it's pretty, it's honestly pretty horrific. But anyway. Yeah. And, you know, the, the interview I watched with her where she does mention that the kids have like met you know, her daughters, she says, you know, obviously I wish they lived with us and, you know, had, we got to like be with them more. She says very lightly, um, you know, she doesn't go into more detail, but it's clear that there's a lot of hurt there and that that relationship is not normal. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But, but obviously deep diving into Tom and Nicole is not the work we're doing here today. So let's proceed. But I think I think it's important context, though, to just kind of lay the groundwork for maybe the state of mind Nicole Kidman was in. Maybe also, you know, the emotional baggage that she had when she met Keith and why, you know, her and Keith came together. When she fell into those healing snake-adorned arms of Keith Urban. (sighs) Right, right, right. Which, honestly, you hear that man singing, making memories of us. And you can look well past the snake tattoos as you fall into those muscled arms. Honestly, I don't think we'll ever experience the healing powers <laughs> that, that Nicole has, has found. But um, let's get to their meeting. Nicole and Keith met in January 2005 at the Good Day USA Gala honoring Australians in L.A., which I think is kind of a funny event, to be quite honest with you. But um, <laughs> Nicole was immediately smitten with Keith, but she didn't think he noticed her. Keith okay. did notice Nicole, but he didn't let on that he was interested. Um, four months later, he called her. So let's just hear a little clip about how when they first met. Okay. So that's uh, pretty impressive. And how did y'all meet? We met at this thing called uh, G'day LA. I think it's called G'day USA now. Mm-hmm. But um, we met and kind of... We didn't, I mean, we have different perspectives on it. I'm like, you didn't love me at first sight. You didn't even notice me. And he's like, yes, I did. I just didn't let on. But um, but we kind of met and, and then about four months later, he called me. So Four months later? Yeah, that's a long time. That's right? a long time. Yeah, that's why I'm like, you didn't really like me when you first met me. That's really playing it cool. To he, wait that kind of, <laughs> he said he had other things he had to take care of. Oh, <laughs> guys, right? Yeah, man. Which I think is very interesting. Four months. Like that's that's too much time in my opinion. Yeah, something's off there. Something's fishy. So Keith says, somebody had given me her number and I had it in my pocket for a while. I kept looking at it thinking, if I call this number, she's going to answer and I don't know what to say. Um, he says, I wasn't in a very healthy place in my life, which I think is where we first start to mm. hear about his uh, struggles with addiction. Gotcha. Um, okay. He, he says, he continues and said, I never thought she'd see anything in a guy like me, but at some point I plucked up the courage to call those numbers and she answered. And we started talking and, and we talked and talked and talked and talked and it was effortless. Um, mm. This, we now are getting to one of my favorite quotes from Nicole about Keith. Are you ready? Okay. Are yes, you definitely. In? Absolutely. 
So in an interview with Harper's Bazaar, Nicole says this about, you know, her meeting with Keith and, you know, her first impression of him. Quote, I remember thinking, oh, my God, if you ever gave me a man like that, I promise I would be completely devoted for the rest of my life. Something that wild. I remembered praying after I met him that I'd meet somebody, if not him, like him. I mean, pretty wild, right? Like, they're pretty hot for each other just from that one luncheon for Australians in Los Angeles. Literally. I mean, yeah. A cause I didn't know existed, but I'm so glad I'm aware now. (laughs) I know. Honestly, thank God Good Day LA exists. Or sorry, Good Day USA. Um, Also, you know, just the idea that like you meet somebody and they're like, if I could ever get a man like that, I would be so devoted to him. I would like worship him. It's pretty hot. (laughs) It's pretty tender. Absolutely. Okay, so so what happens next? Okay, so then they start dating shortly after he calls her. Um, okay. By Nicole's 38th birthday, she knew that Keith was the one. Okay. On that birthday, Keith surprised her by standing on her stoop in New York City at 5 a.m. holding a bouquet of gardenias. Uh, and this is her talking. She says, that's when I went. This is the man I hope I get to marry. But I was he there at 5 a.m. though. Can't you let a a sleeping beauty like Nicole Kidman have her beauty rest? No, absolutely not. I mean, that's how hot they were for each other. They couldn't get enough. Um, (laughs) Maybe he was also like addicted to drugs. He just, you know, operated on different hours. Not sure. Just a speculation, a wild speculation. Okay, but he was high as a kite with gardenias. (laughs) Yes. And she she was like... This I'm gonna marry that me. man, literally. Perfect. Um, also, yeah, gardenia is an interesting uh, choice. I don't. I, I like those flowers, say. but um, yeah, they're just like they're a little bit. They're more of like an everyday flower. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure, you know. Okay, so you know now we we get to now the part shit of my research. Flowers. Now that we shit on the flowers, forward. um, I've got another story about how tender this man is. Are you ready? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so Keith is talking about when they first met and when they were first dating. She, I don't think she'd mind me saying this. We was we was sitting in this park bench, and I don't know where this question came from, but I said to her, I said, "How's your heart?" I, I don't I don't know why I asked that question. Never asked anybody that before, and I don't know what answer I was expecting. But she said it's open. I mean, my anniversary with Ben was last night, and let me tell you this: he did not ask <laughs> me that question. He did not say, "How's your heart?" How's, How's your, your heart, heart? Chandler? <laughs> I mean, how's your heart? (laughs) It's simple. It's forthright. It's everything. These two were seriously born in a cornfield. I mean, it takes a couple of corn dogs to be like, how's your heart? And then to respond, it's open. I mean, (laughs) honestly, I would be like, Kagan asked me that. I would be like, do you think I'm gonna have an early onset heart attack? Like heart disease? Is it being too too much mayonnaise? Like, I I would not. (laughs) I mean, wow, were these... You know, he says he doesn't even know what overcame him. They, I mean, they were just clearly, you know, as you would say, ensconced. Or or two corn dogs born in a cornfield. <laughs> anyway. So a year after dating, essentially, this is now May of 2006, Nicole re- refers to Keith as her fiance at a gala she was hosting. Okay. Um, and they had a, they, so they had a quick courtship. They dated and married in less than a year after meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, they dated and married. We're fully mm-hmm. married. So they planned mm-hmm. the wedding, got married. Wow. Her heart was open. Okay. What oh. else do you need? Incredible. And, you know, just once again, back to that context we said earlier, she was 38 when they began dating. She had yeah. two kids adopted with Tom Cruise. You know, she maybe knew what she wanted. And when she felt completely loved by a man, you know, 
she she was ready for it. It didn't she didn't need to wait and date. And she actually talks about in this 60 minutes Australia interview I watched, you know, she says this might be backwards or, you know, weird to people, but I felt like you got married and then you got to know each other. Like that to me was more the way it was done, which is kind of interesting. Mean, yeah, Nicole, that is weird, first of all. But second of all, I will say, um just very but, old fashioned. Yeah, well, I just I don't know. I think some people's relationships, like they're so intense right from the beginning mm-hmm. and they just like know and they go for it. And I think it's super romantic. Like I'm envious yeah. of people who have that, you know, journey because I just think that sounds really hot yeah. and really impassioned and, and, and brave, sweet, especially when it works out. Right. So she told people in 2019 that it was pretty intense. And, you know, she, I be- quote, I believed by that point he was the love of my life. Maybe that's because I am deeply romantic or I am an actress or have strong faith as well. But I just believed, oh, okay, here he is. And wow. she had no qualms about making it official, which they did, you know, June of 2006. Um, they married, you know, in Sydney, in a suburb of Sydney, um, at a chapel. It was all lit by candlelight. She had this epic Balenciaga dress that had one large puff sleeve with ruffles and uh, on one shoulder and then just a classic veil. She looked gorgeous. I mean, Nicole Kidman is one of the most beautiful women of yeah. like, of our day. Right. I just think that she has those just ethereal fairy tale features. Yeah. Um, I can understand why you want to freeze them in time because damn, she is just so beautiful. And even to this day, she's, she really is a gorgeous woman. And I can understand why Keith was swept away. He was after her heart and I can, I, I fully get it. <laughs> um, yeah. Nicole Kinman looks like someone drew a perfect woman and then it <laughs> exactly. came to life. You know, a hundred percent, especially I, she even has a softness to the way she speaks. I mean, those strawberry blonde, just curled tendrils cascading past her shoulders. This woman is a creature, is is a Venus. She is. She is. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. A Venus. Um, Botticelli could never. No, could never. Wishes. Botticelli wishes. Um, But Lauren, you know, now we are rapidly approaching the, the, the trials and tribulations that I, you know, I alluded to earlier. So mm-hmm. they were married in June and in October, Keith Urban checks into rehab. You know what they say? Every sky has its cloud, Chandler. And the storm. <laughs> That's it- the worst saying I've ever heard. <laughs> I just made it up. I'm like, I'm like, first of all, I've never heard someone say that. Second of all, it's terrible if, if people do. Oh, well, this guy did have a storm. Okay, so. Okay, so let's let's talk more about it. So, Lauren, Keith Urban checked into the Betty Ford Center for 90 days to treat alcohol addiction. And Nicole actually staged an intervention for him. Like, you imagine you get married in June, you have your honeymoon, you have your, you know, wedded bliss. You're also still a year and change into dating. And now you're having to stage an intervention for this this man you love? NGL. I'm very curious how she was able to fall in love with someone and have like and commit her life to someone who was in the throes of a substance abuse problem. Right. right. That's just an interesting like I'm wondering I'm sure it was aware she was aware of it when they were dating. How did it really present itself? I I don't mm-hmm. know. Did yeah. did and yeah. I'm sure she could see the signs of it and she yet she chose to press forward. Right, right. Shoulder to the wheel. Okay, so yeah. so how did he do in Betty Ford? Um, he did well. He did well. I, as far as I know, that's the 
that's the only he he had gone to rehab i think twice before that or maybe three times but i don't know that he's gone since then okay um, thankfully and so also let me play you know a little clip about him talking about his um recovery okay great thank you a few months after he got married uh to nicole he checked into rehab for substance abuse mm-hmm. what was the substance everything Every, oh okay alcohol cocaine predominantly uh-huh. and um but it doesn't it wouldn't have mattered what it was it was it was a uh, a huge hole mm-hmm. in my life that was uh, that was going to be filled by the right thing eventually or it was going to always be filled by the wrong thing yeah i was just going to say that over the years having you know dealt with food addiction myself having d- talked to lots of people who you know have been through one form of substance abuse or another there's always something at the core mm-hmm. it's never about what it appears to be about no yeah and did you figure out what it was about for you ultimately for me it's love mm-hmm. that's the thing that i think is was for me what i was missing in my life love for myself mm-hmm. i i look back now and realize Nick has taught me so much and brought so much into my life and opened my eyes in so many ways. And when we first met, Nick, um, Nicole like actually talks about the intervention they staged, and it was like just her and a few of his close friends in Nashville, you know, kind of saying, you know, this like love bomb fest of just like we love you and you know this needs to happen. And you know, and Keith went that very night. He checked in. He actually wow. canceled. He had a show the next day, canceled it. And he was like, this is what I have to do. Yeah. Um, and so Keith says, I caught Keith says, I caused the implosion of my fresh marriage. It survived, but it's a miracle. I did. I was spiritually awoken with her. I used the expression. I was born into her and that's how I feel. And for the first time in my life, I could shake off the shackles of addiction. So Nicole Kidman saved him. Is what Nicole Kidman is the savior of Keith Urban. I mean, he was reborn into this mm-hmm. woman. I mean, the the religious imagery that, that is being conjured right now. I will also, beyond that, I just will say, like, you had your anniversary dinner last night. Did Ben yeah. at all speak of being, you know, born into you? No, not a single word. Not, <laughs> not a single, a single word. birth I, metaphor. I can't say that I was rebaptized or reborn last night. I can't <laughs> say that. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, these yeah. two, it's definitely a love I'm inspired by. So let's keep going. So what's, what, what's so, next? So, so he gets out of Betty Ford. He gets He's out of better. Betty Ford. Um, you know, Nicole talks about this journey and she says, I've learned an enormous amount having a relationship with someone who is in recovery. I'm more than willing to walk it with him. The two of us are very committed to our relationship. We were in a very, very, very bad, painful place and have managed to step through it. And I hope that gives some people some hope that may be in the same place. Honestly, I'm sure, I, you know, in all seriousness, I'm sure people listening to this podcast will be people with spouses or partners with s- substance abuse, or maybe they're undergoing mm-hmm. those issues themselves. And there is, of course, always something really inspiring and very cool when oh, absolutely. You're th- when someone's able to work through that, you know, yeah. and be a success story. Um, okay, Lauren. So let's fast forward to July 2018. So 12 mm. years later... Nicole and Keith welcome their daughter, Sunday Rose. Um, You didn't ask, but the name is a combination of Keith's grandmother, Rose, and Australian art patron, Sunday Reed. Australian art patron. (laughs) So random. I thought it was going to be like Nicole's grandma. Australian art patron. (laughs) 
I'm so glad. I'm thankful for art patrons. I don't know that I'm about to name one of my children after them, but okay. This must be. I'm guessing that uh, this art patron probably footed the bill for Keith to make his way to the land of the free and the brave in 2001 or whatever it was. Yeah. Um. Once again, I'll say I am grateful for art patrons. I'm. I'm glad they exist. I don't know if I'm ready to name one of my children after them. Right. Right. Well, you don't love art that much. You're not that. You know. Okay. 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 So, you know, that's Sunday Rose. And then, you know, while trying to get pregnant with their second child, Kidman was once again, you know, in the throes of it and found it to be extremely difficult. Um, And thanks to a gestational carrier, Kidman and Keith were blessed with another daughter in December of 2010. So two years later. Um, Do you want to hear her talk about, you know, using a surrogate? Absolutely. Also, let me just state that this 60 Minutes uh, interviewer is kind of the worst because I think he asked some pretty like awful questions and like just questions that are in super poor taste. Um, like he asked her if, and we'll get to this, like if the, if she has the same bond with the child that she used a surrogate for. Oh, really? And then he also, yeah. And like, it's just, it's, it's like, get a freaking clue guy. Um, it's a beautiful, it's yes. a beautiful thing. Oh, you should be proud of it. Oh, so so proud. And anyone that's been in the place of wanting another child or wanting a child knows the disappointment, the pain, and the loss that you go through, um, trying and and struggling with fertility is it is such a big thing and it's not something that I've ever run away from talking about I've had a very very um roller coaster ride with fertility I just have and I have it has never been easy for me so to now be in this place where I have two gorgeous adopted children and two biological children I'm just I can't believe that's what's happened in my life you know is the bond the same um, when you um, gave birth to Sunday as with Faith? Is it the same? Kind yes. Of- yeah. I mean, it's but it's the same when your children are adopted as well. I think the um, children are children. You'll die for your children, and when you feel that as a parent, I mean, that's it. That's that's the unconditional love, and people can talk about it, and until you. Um, feel it you can't quite grasp it isn't that insane i cannot believe he asked that um i'm glad he didn't ask is the bond the same between your adopted children and your biological children that would have been like beyond the pale but right right but still such like an insensitive guy thing to ask totally totally um okay let's move on to you know talking about keith starting a family together in their 40s okay we found each other in this huge world and we're crazy about each other, you know. <laughs> and um, and we now have this family that's, you know, we've gotten to experience in our forties. Um, and he's got two little girls, so it's a big life for him now. And I'm just so glad to have met my my mate, you know, the person that kind of protects me and loves me. She could also say anything. She could yeah. be reading the ingredients, you know, in tomato <laughs> soup. Uh, but it, it is very, it is, it is really sweet. It's so sweet. And I, you know, once again, going back to her tumultuous marriage with Tom Cruise, like it just feels like she just fell into this wonderful, you know, warm lily pad that was Keith Urban. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I'm not sure what lily pads are warm, but I do like the image. I'm envisioning a very warm lily pad, you know, just something that's like a soft place to land. You feel completely loved and enveloped, you know, in care. I'm envisioning her falling into some sort of like hotel water feature, like shallow water feature. Mm, that's also But nice. anyway, I hope it's warm too. <laughs> a warm water feature. Okay, Lauren. So I'm going to bring you to another very tender clip of Nicole talking. Um, and this is about, you know, her image and the way that the world views her and talks about her looks and, you know, how Keith, you know, is a bomb to, you know, that constant pressure. Mm. Look at you and, and really focus in on, you know, your face. I it's think I, I heard you once defended me on the morning show or something. You know, I just don't think there's any. Who cares? You know? <laughs> well, I care about my face, but I don't want. I. I mean, I. I think you know, people are going to do and say things they have my whole life. Is it a constant worry to have to always look fantastic? Is it? Is it one? I don't of feel problems? the need to. I mean, honestly. I have a husband that's pretty easygoing in relation to, I, I think, you know, love in terms of the, the goal is I want you to love my soul. I want you to, because we're going to grow old together and all of that's going to go. And if that's the, if that's what's um, captured you um, or has you interested, then we're doomed. So I think a lot of that is, that just melts away when you go into that much deeper place. I just want to say that is such a beautiful sentiment. I love, you know, it's like, I want you to love my soul. And I think, you know, as an actress and as someone who's been praised for their beauty for her whole life to have someone who, as she says, is pretty easygoing about that type of stuff. You know, I'm sure he finds her to be obviously stunning and beautiful, but like, you know, isn't preoccupied with her remaining, you know, to be like the very porcelain looking Nicole Kidman. I think that's lovely. And that's something I really feel in, in my own relationship. Yeah, no, I definitely I think it's lovely. I, th- I think it's just a little like kind of hilarious, though, because this is this is like very much a couple who obviously like is in the youth preserving game together. So I think the words would ring more true to me, to be honest, if it mm. came from if it came from a couple that was maybe choosing to go the more natural route. But right, I do think right. it is a nice attitude to have. And I'm right. sure that it's really tough being in Hollywood to not, you know, try every intervention that you can. Right. Lauren, I just want to ask you, have you seen the AMC um, like trailer with Nicole Kidman? The AMC movie theater not, trailer? No, no. I almost want to make you watch it because it is, it plays before every single AMC movie and it's Nicole Kidman and she's like talking about movie theaters. Okay. <laughs> and it's now become like a meme. Um, but you know, she's, she looks flawless in it. She's, she's never been glossier. Um, so I, I hear you. I, I, I absolutely hear you. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm buying what they're selling with that interview. I agree. I love that. Okay. Did you know, Lauren, that when she travels, he writes her love letters for every day they'll be apart? There's not a chance. There's like literally She's not mentioned a this chance. in multiple That's interviews. True. I mean, I just, I don't think it's fake news because she's mentioned it in multiple interviews. Okay. Okay. Do you have any more I'm details? Sorry. I'm sorry. Can you Katie doesn't this? do that for you. So you're um, reacting from a place of, you know, <laughs> of hurt. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've gotten one love letter, let alone a love letter every day that we're apart. Um, is there any document, uh, documentation? Where are the receipts? I want I'm a sorry, binder. I, yeah. I want to be at a reunion <laughs> of Keith and Nicole's love. And I want to see the binder of love letters. I mean, every single day. 
that they're apart. Yeah, yeah, every single day. No, I, I heard. Honestly, so I heard I just in two different interviews. I heard in two different interviews she said every day, and then another one she said every time I'm away he writes me love letters. So maybe it's not every single day. It's that is is getting a little hazy, but mm. this it's definitely a thing where he writes her love letters when they're away. Okay, well, um, well, you know, great for her. Yeah. <laughs> wow, super sincere. Um, you know, Keith. When asked, when Keith is asked what first attracted him to Nicole, he says it's impossible to choose just one thing. She's my spiritual other half. We ask ourselves if we would have liked to have met each other in our 20s so we could have had more time together. But the trade-off may have been that we wouldn't have had the same amount of life experience to bring together and really make something of substance. You know, you also have to wonder, though, if this relationship would have even worked if they had met in their 20s when he was a struggling troubadour on the streets of Nashville and she was a starlet in Hollywood. I don't know. Maybe maybe there needed to be some extra time for him to get the career off the off the ground. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to leave you with something a little bit more scandalous, something a little bit more scintillating. Okay. Um, and this is, you know, some lyrics that Keith wrote about Nicole that are pretty racy. Oh, yes, please. Okay. These are this, this is going to be the parting song, okay? Let my fire, baby. It's Keith's song Gemini. And please, Lauren, if you wouldn't mind pulling up the lyrics. Okay. Also, I can't wait for everyone on my Spotify to see that I'm playing Keith Urban Gemini at 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> wait, this is not about her. Yes, it is. It this is. It's like a, a song that's like has all these lyrics of hate. Gemini by Keith Urban? Oh, no, I'm reading Gemini by Jillian Rossi. So yeah. like, this is this is the lyrics I'm reading. You're such a Gemini. Had no problem leaving me behind. Every day you're a oh different gosh. side. Never thought I would Jeez. demonize you, but you're such a Gemini. While I'm burning up your coldest eyes. I'm like, wow, this took a different turn. Lauren, please pay attention. Okay, we're talking about Keith Urban today. <laughs> okay, sorry. sorry. I just searched Gemini lyrics, and that's what Idiot. came up. Phew. Okay. All right. Let's. So okay. Here I'm. So I have when correct one pulled up. Um. He revealed that the lyrics, you know, are about his wife. Uh, he says the song is about Nicole and she loves it. It's a fun song. My co-writer, Julia Michaels, asked me to describe Nicole and this is what came out. Okay. Wow. If she knows. She's a maniac in the bed, but a brainiac in her head. And I know what everybody knows. Mm-hmm, she's bold. Where's the hell out of that dress? But she's prettier than when I mess. And I know what everybody knows. Mm-hmm, she's bold. Do you want me to play that chorus one more time for you? I think I'm. I think I. I think I got it the first time. You Did know you? what? They're they're not all hits, Keith. They're not. I, I understand from this podcast. Every episode doesn't slap. You know, we try our best. Every song is not going to chart. Uh, that's one I think could have done better on the cutting room floor. Maybe a private tune that he could strum to her. She's a uh, maniac in the bed, but a brainiac in her head. I Rare. mean, honestly, that's one of the worst songs I think I've ever heard. Like, lyrically, again, it is so corny. Um, oh. And I will say, musically, do you have any interest you- in listening to that song? <laughs> I don't. I actually want, I need to now read to you Nicole's response to the song. Okay. Um, she says, I don't censor his art, but it is a little embarrassing. <laughs> She says, it's better than saying, God, I'm so bored. Make an effort, Nicole. I don't really know what that last part means, but. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't censor his art, but it is a little embarrassing. 
You just I'm know. glad she doesn't censor him, frankly. I'm glad that song is, exists in the world. You just know whenever you're at a Keith Urban concert and oh, yes. the first <laughs> the first chords of Gemini come on the speaker, it's like Time to go get the hot dog. Time to go get some popcorn. Bathroom break. <laughs> exactly. Oh, um, it's okay, Keith. You can't. You can't be a Taylor Swift where every song hits it out right. of the park. And you know she gets to play somebody like you anytime she wants. Absolutely. And we were us. Another great song by. Keith I mean, Bell. making memories of us. I want to sleep with you forever, and I want to die in your arms. In a cabin by a meadow where the wild bees swarm And I'm gonna love you Like nobody loves you And I'll earn your trust-making memories of us I would say blue is a pretty good song. Blue is not your color. Blue, something blue like that. Blue is not your color. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the best Keith Urban Somewhere song. Somewhere in my car. Hot. Mm, I've never heard that one. That one's really good. Blue ain't your color. Yeah, that's, blue ain't your a, color. that's the song. Cause blue looks good on the sky. Looks good on that neon buzzing on the wall, but darling, it don't match your eyes. I'm telling you, you don't need that guy. It's so black and white. one the one song that always brings it back like the one you'll think of me you'll think of me is the key oh, urban yeah. song that i mean this is pre-nicole obviously but damn does that one slap yeah yeah take your records take your freedom take your memories i don't need them take your space and take your reasons but you'll think of me and take your cat and leave my sweater because we have nothing left to in fact, I feel a whole lot better. But you think of me, you think of me. Okay, actually, there's a little bit of gossip that I I didn't want to talk about, but maybe it's worth bringing up. Okay, let's hear. Allegedly, Lauren. Allegedly, while Keith and Nicole were engaged. <sighs> I can't believe I'm even bringing myself to say this. Oh, gosh. Are you going to derail this entire, like, we're about to leave inspired about love. Right. Like, a little oh horny gosh. and inspired. Yeah, but absolutely. Apparently, I mean, m- model Amanda Wyatt made claims that Keith had cheated on Nicole multiple times with her leading up to their wedding. Okay. Has anyone ever heard of the model Amanda Wyatt? No. This is, and and no. this is why I don't actually buy it because also, you know how when, 
when somebody is making up a salacious rumor, they give you like way too much graphic detail to where it's like, ah, no, like we're not buying this. Okay, um, are you, but I'll read you the transcript from Amanda. Of what? Okay, please. She please, says, please. I'm sorry if I hurt Nicole, but I just want to tell the truth and move on. This is what she told the Britons, the mail or the mail on Sunday. I hope she finds happiness with Keith, but he is a deeply troubled man. I hope for her sake, he sorts himself out. She deserves better. Wyatt said she continued to see Urban regularly, even after finding out about his romance with Kidman. I guess I knew he was seeing her, but he was also seeing me. He wasn't married, so I still held out some hope that they were just having some kind of publicity relationship. Wyatt says their sexual relationship lasted long after he began seeing Kidman. We made love, and he never used protection. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He told me that he liked that I didn't pressure him to get married or have babies. I sometimes wonder if he said the same thing to Nicole. I never wanted to trap him. Whenever he was in town, we'd see each other two or three times a week. We'd drink and party and make love. We were constantly on drugs. He drank constantly. His favorite was Crown Royale Reserve Whiskey, and he did drugs, ecstasy, cocaine, pot, you name it. Um, we Looking back, I really saw him sober. He'd work during the day, but the bourbon would be flowing at at night, and he'd take ecstasy and coke. Um, yeah. I mean, I will say that part of me honestly believes this. I know. I the know. problem is that, that we know like that he was, this? he was in a state when right, right. You know, they were dating and getting married i mean i just but then but then she says things like we made love constantly and never use protection it's like oh please don't share yeah wh- where's the kid you know right 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 so huh sorry everyone well, i just you know we have to bring you the truth i love when chandler throws a grenade in what otherwise <laughs> would have been a very inspiring uplifting episode um but that being said there's no other cheating rumors that i know about so, you know, this this might just be one of those false ones. Just a one-time thing. Absolutely. Right. Just right. a one-time, long-time, thing. constant thing, making love, doing ecstasy, letting the liquor flow. Right. But not the protection. I mean, wow. Okay. Well, thank you, Chandler. You're so Thank welcome. you so much for this report. You did a great job leading us through this romance. We all are leaving this recording dejected and <laughs> a little bit more jaded than we came here, right, which is not right. what I expected from a Keith Urban, Nicole Kidman <laughs> deep dive. You so know, believe, you. believe what you want. I'm, I'm going to choose at the end of this to believe in love. And I'm going to sign this. I'm going to sign this episode off like Meghan Markle would love wins. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for listening. Okay. Really quick. We have to talk about the giveaway. So the giveaway, the diamond tennis bracelet giveaway, it is live. So if you love the podcast, please share it on your Instagram stories. Include a link for your friends to listen. And if you do that, don't forget to tag us. We'll see it and you'll be entered to win the diamond tennis bracelet, one carat diamond tennis bracelet giveaway. This is a $2,100 diamond tennis bracelet and it can be yours. So we're giving that away, this giveaway will end i swear to you guys on february 15th it will be over um we are running it through then and we'll be back on patreon on patreon this week we have takeaways from spare some very interesting parts of the book that i want to discuss with chandler we're going to be talking about the recent very sad murder in utah the man who murdered his entire family um and we're going to talk about a few other juicy things so patreon is going to be lit this friday you can join that in the link in our show notes um Chandler always leaves me to do all this shameless self-promotion thanks I'm sorry I just I just talked for an hour about Keith and Nicole that is true that's I'm resting my vocal cords absolutely okay love you guys to catch you on Friday or next week Bye. bye 
that's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.